welcome into the mashup here. Number one source for sports gaming and everything in between. I am your host, Jake Patterson, and um, yeah, bombshell got dropped when I woke up. That was well, it happened before I woke up. Uh, that was uh, that was some interesting news to wake up to. I literally woke up to the fact that Activision is getting sold to Microsoft for a whopping seventy billion dollars. Which, I am not surprised that Microsoft had that kind of money. I'm just surprised that Activision actually sold. I figured they would be stubborn and burn to the ground around them under the weight of all the lawsuits. But they did the smart thing and sold off to Microsoft. And uh, hopefully, next year when that sale goes final, Microsoft kicks that entire board because let's be honest, it's all of their fault because they kept Kodak around. Like once they kick Bobby Kodak to the curb and the rest of his cronies on the board of directors, that Activision will, they, they've never been a pillar. Like they've, they've always been greedy as all hell. They just weren't as obvious about it in the golden age of Call of Duty. You know, everything everything before Black Ops 2. Because Ghosts... Ghosted... Like, the supply drops didn't start until AW. And then it got really bad in Infinite Warfare. Then Black Ops 4 was okay. Then World War II just absolutely sucked. Then they've been trending upwards for a few years, and now Vanguard is just... Vanguard's just ass. Vanguard is terrible. But direct Call of Duty discussion is for a little bit later in the show. Let's let's look at the broader picture of this because there's a lot there's a lot that could come from this. One, I think we're going to start to see some other companies start making moves, i.e. Sony I've seen people talk that they could buy EA, which is a very real possibility. Like, you know, your biggest competition buys one of the biggest third-party publishers, so you buy their biggest competition. Because I don't see... I don't see Ubisoft selling to Sony. I really don't. Like, I don't see Ubisoft selling to Sony. I'd, I'd be okay with Riot selling to Sony. Or Microsoft, because, you know, Tencent feels kind of gross giving them money. But Tencent will never sell. But I, I do like the fact that uh, some American companies are... Because, you know, if they didn't sell to Microsoft, Tencent would have swooped in and bought the rest of Activision that they didn't already own. Hopefully this buys Tencent out of their shares of ActiBliz, because I know they own some. Hopefully this, you know, gets Tencent out because, again, wouldn't be opposed to that. Just get Tencent out of as much as you can. I know they're kind of uh, in for the long haul at this point, but, you know, not a huge fan of what is potentially the business arm of the Chinese government. <laughs> or real, not even the business arm of the Chinese government, just the Chinese government pretending to be a business. Uh, that's, that's a whole other discussion. Don't want to get too much into that, but I'm glad 
an American company is uh, kind of protecting other American companies from selling out to Tencent like Riot did. But there's a lot more here. Like, obviously the big one is Bobby Kotick has already basically confirmed he's gone once this sale goes final. He hasn't said it directly, but it's out there that once this sale goes final, he is leaving the company, which, um, good. The guy sucks. Get rid of him. Get rid of Bobby Kotick. Kick him to the curb. Honestly, I would say don't wait, but I know you can't do that because that's how businesses work. But for the love of God, kick this guy to the curb as soon as you possibly can. There's some other things that intrigue me about this. One, on just the gamer front, this means that there is a very real possibility that all the old Call of Duties will now be on Game Pass. MWR. MW2. We know MW2 Multiplayer Remastered exists, and Microsoft could force them to release it and put it on Game Pass for free. We know MW2 Multiplayer Remastered exists. They just chose not to release it. They only released the campaign, which I will admit is one of the best in the history of the series. But we all wanted the multiplayer. We were all waiting for the multiplayer to come out and it never came. MW3, BO1, BO2, AW, IW, BO3. I, I don't necessarily want Advanced Warfare and Infinite Warfare to come back. Definitely not Advanced Warfare, because Advanced Warfare was uh, was not good. Neither was Infinite Warfare. Infinite Warfare's campaign was good, but, you know, the whole Obsidian Steed thing. We, we don't need to go back to that. We don't, we don't need to go back to the Obsidian Steed and all the crap that came with it. But people have wanted a jetpack game again. Why not just remaster BO3 and re-release it on Game Pass? Like, you wouldn't even have to upgrade the graphics that much. It's not like you're re-releasing the game from 2007. BO3 came out in, what, 2015? If my, if my COD math is correct. Because Modern Warfare 2019, BO4 is 2018, World War II is 2017. Uh, BO4 would be 2016, IW is 2015, 2014. So, it's, it's an older game at this point, but, like, BO3, like, I can find clips of BO3 online. BO3 still looks good. Like, you don't have to do that much work on it. Just, just upgrade it a little. I know it's much more complicated than this, but I feel like it wouldn't take an insane amount of work to put these older games on game pass. Heck, you don't even have to upgrade the graphics that much. Just give us the nostalgia. Just let it run on modern consoles. They're already super backwards compatible. Like the Xbox series X is already backwards compatible to the Xbox three, all the way back to the original Xbox. I'm pretty sure. I, I have to double check that, but I know it's backwards compatible all the way back to the 360. Like why not? Why not have some fun with it? 
and just give us all those old Call of Duties back. Because, uh, let me tell you, I'd much rather play them than Vanguard. I'd much rather play BO1 and BO2 and Modern Warfare 2 and Modern Warfare 3. Heck, I'd play BO3 over Vanguard right now because I missed out on the jetpack era and I kind of feel like I want to play the best jetpack game. Because, honestly, like, Uplink looks like a really fun game mode to play. And I want to play it because I missed out. I mean, did I really miss out? Because a lot of people hated the jetpack era in the moment. And we were all excited when World War II came out because we're back to true boots on the ground. Even though World War II kind of sucked. But please put all those old Call of Duties on Game Pass. I would download every single one of them. And I would just play through all of them again. I would play through the campaigns of all of them again. Like, I'd go all the way back to COD 4. I'd go all the way back to COD 4 and play through that campaign again. I'd play through World at War, because World at War's campaign was freaking incredible. I'd play through MW2. I'd play through Black Ops. I'd play through MW3. I'd play through BO1. All the way down the line. BO4 didn't have a campaign. That's fine. I'll play the multiplayer on that a little bit, too. But... Like, just put them on Game Pass. You, uh, you know that's what... You know that's what everyone wants. And act and Xbox actually does things their player base wants. I would lose my mind if all of them were on Game Pass. It, one, that'd be YouTube content for like an entire year. It's just, oh yeah, I'm gonna play through all the old Call of Duty campaigns starting with Modern Warfare 1 from 2007. Hey, they get progressively shorter. Like, they get progressively shorter after World at War. I, I, I know BO1's a little bit longer than MW2, but, like, other than that, they get shorter and shorter as the years go on, so it wouldn't... Like, once I was past World at War, it honestly wouldn't take me that long. Because the average campaign length after BO1 is like five and a half hours. They're all really short. But you know people would go back and, and just play their play their favorite COD game again. Like literally everyone would just go back and play their play their favorite COD game again. And the servers would be populated for all of them. Well, mm, it's hard to tell. I think. I'd say uh, MW2 and 3 would both get uh, a significant player base. Uh, BO1 and BO2 would have a lot of uh, a significant player base. They Those would be the top tier. It would be MW2, MW3, BO1, and BO2. Like the true like peak of the golden age was those four games. So those would definitely be the most populated. I think second tier would be MW07, World at War, and BO3. And then uh, third tier would be everything else. It would be AW and IW, uh, World War II, um, 
and ghosts. Like, ghosts... Ghosts is such a weird game, because all the maps absolutely sucked, but the game itself was beautiful and fun. The map, the multiplayer maps were all just way too freaking big. But break... I'm I'm rambling at this point because I'm getting myself excited about this and it's probably not going to happen. But for the love of God, Xbox, when this sale is final, put all the old Call of Duty games on Game Pass. You will get so many Battle Pass subscriptions. Like Battle Pass, Battle Pass, Game Pass is already like by Game Pass Ultimate, 15 bucks a month is already the best deal in all of gaming. Like. You would get so many new subscribers to that service if you said, oh yeah, we're putting all of the old Call of Duties on Game Pass. And every future Call of Duty on Game Pass. I'd, I'd never buy Call of Duty on PlayStation again. I'd, I'd go right back home and play it on Xbox. Because PlayStation aren't going to get the... aren't going to get new content first anymore. It's going to go back to Xbox like it used to be during the golden age. Like during the people forget this, but during the golden age, Xbox got everything first. They had the deal with Activision and then that deal expired with BO3. Coincidence? Probably yes. Honestly, that probably is 100% a coincidence, but it's still an interesting little tidbit of gaming history. One of the other ridiculous ideas I came up with, I think this one out of all three that I have for cool things that could happen because of this, this is by far the least likely because this would honestly take by far the most work and it would be an IP nightmare. But I want it to happen. Give me a Halo X Call of Duty crossover game. Give me a spin-off Call of Duty game set in the Halo universe. It's not connected to the rest of the COD timeline. Like, don't merge the timelines. Don't merge the Halo and COD timelines. Don't do that. But make a spin-off of both series. Like, it. it's not going to be like a Shin Megami Tensei versus Persona thing where they are the same universe and you occasionally get crossover games. It's not going to be that. Like, have just one, like, goofy... Not not goofy, because the tone would actually be pretty serious. Ish. The tone would be more serious than a Call of Duty game. But it would still have... I, I, I don't know where I would put this tonally because the Halo games are so varied in their tone, like Re- even Reach and ODST still have their comedic moments and they're probably the most grounded and serious games in the entire franchise. Like Reach is overall a pretty heavy game, but it still has its comedic moments. And then the Master Chief games, they have they have plenty of comedy because he's just so above it all. Because he knows he's a badass. But give me a Halo X Call of Duty game set before the Covenant War. That is the big thing. You are not fighting Covenant. That's what makes it a Call of Duty game. Because it is still human v. human. Because this is a part of the Halo timeline 
that has not been super heavily explored outside of books. And even then, it's just the buildup to the Human Covenant War. Like, I've read Fall of Reach, which is, like, one of the earliest entries in the entire Halo timeline is Fall of Reach. That is, like, one of the earliest pieces of canon material in the entire timeline. And even then, that still touches on Covenant things. Like, Chief is a teenager when the Human Covenant War breaks out. We're going before that. Like, honestly, before the beginning of the Spartan program. Like, before the Spartan program is even a thing. Like, the miserable failure of the Spartan ones has not happened yet. Oni is probably working on the details of it in the background. Oni and Dr. Halsey are probably working on the, the early stages of it in the background. But very little, very little connection to the Spartans. It's just very clearly in the Halo universe. And it's UNSC, preferably a squad of ODSTs, because lately Call of Duty has been shifted more into a focus of, like, special forces than, than standard military. Like this, this kind of started with uh, this kind of started with MW three, like even a little bit in Modern Warfare two, because Task Force one forty one was a multinational spec ops group. Like they were mul- they were a multinational spec ops strike team, but you still had the regular um, U.S. Army Rangers in that game as well. Then from MW three on, there was very little like. You played as Soap, and you played as a member of freaking Delta, who don't even technically exist. Even though we all know Delta Force exists. It's one of the worst kept secrets in the world. Well, the fact that they exist is one of the worst kept secrets in the world. What they do is still, like, drenched in black ink. But since MW3, you've kind of always been special forces of some kind. Like even I, I didn't even play AW and I know you were like elite special forces in that. Technically you were private, private military company, but you know, spoiler alert. The guy played by Kevin Spacey is the villain. I don't believe it. <laughs> Shocker. Kevin Spacey played a villain in a call of duty game. But, like, so do it that way. Focus on a squad of ODSTs. Like, Halo fans, you can't tell me you wouldn't enjoy an ODST game with CODs pacing. Because the ODST we get game we got was pretty heavily stealth-driven. Now, that was really fun, ODST was a very good game and it had its big action set pieces. And the last level was a nice callback to the last level of Halo 3, even though chronologically it happened first. The Halo timeline is weird. Chronologically, that happened before the last level of Halo 3, despite the fact that 
it was actually a callback to the last level of Halo 3. But tell me you wouldn't enjoy that. An ODST game with the pacing of Call of Duty. And then in multiplayer, you just have cool operators on both sides. You have cool ODSTs and you have cool Rebels because don't go back to this Vanguard thing, Call of Duty, where you have the same operators for both teams. It's really freaking confusing. That's one of the main things that drove me crazy in Vanguard was like you couldn't immediately visually tell friend from foe because everyone is using the same pool of operators. That's so annoying. Like in Modern Warfare 2019 and in Cold War, you can tell who's on what team. So, and like the rebels have the... The human rebels have never been in a game. So you could go absolutely insane with what they look like and what kind of weapons they use. Like, you could just go nuts with what they look like. Think of the creative possibilities. And obviously, this would not be a solo studio undertaking. This would be a collab between 343 and I would say Infinity Ward. I would say make this a collab between 343 and IW. Because, honestly, we're length... Because part of this is hoping hoping they lengthen the development cycle of Call of Duty just a little bit. I don't know how you would go about doing that, because I know COD is valuable as a once-a-year franchise, even though it's starting to annoy people. But find a way... Like, honestly, have 343 do most of the work. Have 343 do most of the work on this, and have IW just come in for backup. Have like a a group of people from IW working exclusively on this this Call of Duty ODST files or something. Or or here's a good one. Call of Duty Recon. Nice little callback to the working title of ODST, Halo 3 Recon. And just like slap the Halo logo in there somewhere. Like, like do the O. Like, do the O in Of and Recon. So you know it's it's a Halo crossover. Actually, no. Just, just do Recon in the Halo font. Do Call of Duty in the normal big blocky COD font. And then do Recon in the Halo font. That would look... I think that would look really cool on a box. I think that would... That would be, like, really cool box art. If I was better at Photoshop, I would make it myself. But, and then, I think this one, this third one, yeah. I think all the COD games going on Game Pass is the most likely. I think this one is pretty close to being equal. Activliz owns the MLG IP. They own both the brand and they still own MLG.com. So, this is not an original idea. I have seen this all over Twitter today. So this is not my original idea. Neither is all the previous COD games on Game Pass. The Halo COD crossover game, at least the one I pitched, that is my idea. Someone else may have independently come up with it, but that one was mine. Just putting putting credit where credit is due out there. Make MLG 
an Evo type event, but for shooters. Obviously, you'd be missing a few. You'd be missing Rainbow Sick. You'd be missing Siege, CS, Valorant, and uh, the Battle Royales. You'd be missing Apex. You'd be missing PUBG. Does anyone even follow PUBG Esports anymore? I don't think so. Uh, you'd be missing Fortnite. Um, and that's about it. You'd be missing, what, Siege, Valorant, CS, Apex, Fortnite, and PUBG. So honestly, that's not a lot. Like, when you're talking about the grand scheme of things, with the other games that would be at this new MLG, because think about it, that would mean Halo, Call of Duty, Gears of War, Overwatch. And that's another thing. Old time, old school fans of this show will know this show was founded as partially an Overwatch League show. And since my interest in Overwatch has dipped and gone to basically nothing, Overwatch content is now basically gone from the show. Um, I want Overwatch to be good again. Hopefully Xbox can do something about that and fix both the mess that is the CWL and the OWL. But... It's, uh, yeah, imagine that. Imagine, like, HCS, CDL, OWL, and, uh, Gears. I don't know, I don't know what the, what the Gears Esports League is called, if there even is one. Because I know it exists. I think it's just called, uh, I think it's just called Gears Esports. Yeah, it's just called Gears Esports. But, let me... I'm actually looking at their website right now. Just to just to see uh yeah, it's just called Gears Esports. So just do all of that at one single event. Have have like the H HCS Worlds, COD Champs, Gears champs and Overwatch Grand and Overwatch League Grand Finals as one massive event over the course of an entire week. Eh. That's the problem with the franchise leagues. Because or you know what? Do it. Do it as like a major. Do it. Have have an HCS major, a Gears major a CDL major and an Overwatch League major at the same event over the course of an entire week. Like you have them at different venues. You have them at different venues in the same city over the course of an entire week. There's only a few cities that could honestly support this, but you could make it work. There's only a few different cities that could actually support this kind of event. Most of them are in California. But you could, honestly, you could 100% do this in Texas, too. You could do this in Texas. You could do this in California. A few different places in both states. Um, you could honestly probably do this in Atlanta, too. You could do this in New York. Uh, Boston could maybe pull this off. And I think, I think with some help, Philadelphia could pull this off. Yeah, I, I think those are the six that could do it right now. And if esports continues to grow, other cities will eventually be able to do this. But can you imagine that? 
you just have an HCS major, a CDL major, an Overwatch League tournament, and a Gears and a Gears tournament, all as one giant event in the same city over the over the course of an entire week. Or most of these tournaments are Thursday to Sunday, so just Thursday to Sunday. Like that would be nuts. And just just call it MLG. MLG Dallas, MLG Philadelphia, MLG LA, MLG Anaheim, MLG San Francisco, MLG Houston, MLG Boston. Like, just do it again. It's, it's right there. All you have to do, Xbox, is, is do it. All you have to do is do it. That sounds ridiculous, but like. It's right there for the taking. Everyone wants it. This would sell out in minutes. This would sell out in no time at all. They could announce this today for next November and it would still sell out right away. Like that, I honestly believe that to be true. If, if, Microsoft came out and announced, hey, next November, to celebrate the final, to celebrate the merger of Xbox and Activision Blizzard, we're going to have a giant esports event for Halo, Call of Duty, Overwatch, heck, StarCraft, Hearthstone, (laughs) uh, and Gears of War. Just all at one event. And it's going to be called MLG Dallas 2023. That would sell out in 10 minutes. That would be amazing. That would sell out in 10 minutes. I would buy my tickets and book my hotel immediately. But I called this segment in my in my rundown the good and the bad so uh that was mostly the good uh let's get to the bad um one bobby kodak's gonna get a giant golden parachute when he leaves activeliz like that is already confirmed the numbers are already out there it is an absolutely insane amount of money let's see what's the uh what let me let me get the actual number uh $292 million. Termination by Activision without, by Activision Blizzard without cause or termination by employee for good reason following a change of control. Yeah. $292 million, almost 293 because it's 292,970,341. So that is closer to $293 million. Which, again, absolutely insane amount of money. Which is even more insane when you realize that Microsoft bought Blizzard for $70 billion. With a B. That is a completely un... Like, I can't fathom that amount of money. But, yeah, that's the first bad. One of the other goods that is immediately balanced out by a bad 
is what Ricochet Anti-Cheat is doing. Instead of just banning cheaters, their bullets don't do no damage. So they just get a crap ton of hit markers, but never break armor. They never break armor. They never down the other guy. They just keep getting hit markers. That is amazing. That is so much funnier than just banning them. Is making their guns do no damage. That's probably why it's called Ricochet. It was right under our noses the whole time. Like, in Valorant, it's called Vanguard, just so it could be VAC. Just so they could also call it VAC, because Va Valorant just took a lot of CSGO's everything. Like, it still has a pistol round. It has a gun. It has a high-powered sniper rifle called an operator, so we can call it an op. Like, but they called theirs Ricochet. There had to be a reason for that name. And it was the fact that the bullets do just ricochet off people. That's hilarious. But it also seems like the noobs are getting their hit reg buffed through the freaking roof. There's a video making its way around on Twitter where it doesn't seem like the guy is cheating because he's got a 0.8 KD. Still better than mine, but I have never claimed to be good at Battle Royales. Because I think the genre sucks, but we won't get into that. I've said it enough on this show. But he was like lasering people and it didn't seem like he was cheating. It just buffed his hit reg. Like he was hip firing because he was panic shooting. Like he was not hip firing and hitting his target because he could because he was hacking. Dude was panic shooting and still hitting all of his shots. So... You got to take the good with the bad because hopefully until Microsoft takes over, the noobs must be protected. Hopefully Microsoft gets rid of that entire, entire idea of protecting crappy players so they'll just keep spending money instead of, you know, making it, making games connection based outside of a normal ranked mode. Like, if you want to put skill... Like, put skill-based matchmaking in a ranked mode. Go right ahead. Like, I'm currently gold three in Halo Infinite. Don't put me in a lobby with Onyx players until I have earned my place in a lobby with Onyx players. But when I'm playing pubs, put me with anyone. I don't care. I'm not trying to sweat. I'm trying to have fun and maybe slowly get better at the game. That was the fun part about old Call of Duty. Sometimes you would stomp, other times you would get stomped. In modern Call of Duty, you have to sweat your ass off in every game, and it's not fun. So hopefully Microsoft fixes that. But uh, that was a very long first segment of the show, because there was a lot to talk about. Uh, up next, we'll uh, completely switch gears and uh, talk about the NFL playoffs. That's coming up next, here on The Mashup. So the first weekend of the NFL playoffs have come and gone. Um, let's be honest. The seventh team is still a really bad idea because both seventh teams got blown the frick out. 
Why? Why do we need this? Why do, why do we need 14 teams in the playoffs? 12 was fine. The top two get a bye. The bottom two division leaders have to play the next two best teams. That was perfectly fine. I mean, it ups the stakes because, oh, only the one seed gets a bye. Now the two seed deserves a bye too. Don't at me. And both seven seeds lost by at least 16. 16 points was the closer of the two. The other seventh seed lost by 21. And even those last two touchdowns were 100% in garbage time. Because, oh, look at the math here. So, nobody scored a damn thing in the first quarter of the Steelers-Chiefs game. Early in the second quarter, we get the TJ Watt fumble, and I think, oh no, the Steelers might actually win this literally on the back of TJ Watt because the Chiefs offense isn't doing a thing right now. Then, McKinnon, touchdown. Pringle, touchdown. Kelsey gets wide open with 20 seconds left remaining in the half. The Steelers defense lets Travis Kelsey get wide open and he scores a touchdown right before the half to put the Chiefs up 21 to 7. The Chiefs then scored two more touchdowns to push that lead to 35 to 7 before the Steelers scored again. So, those last 14 points mean nothing for the Steelers. The game was already over. They still didn't cover the spread. The Chiefs almost hit the over by themselves, which remember, I said that last week. The Chiefs would either hit the over by themselves or come really freaking close. They came really freaking close. The over-under was 45 and a half. So uh, this game went over a few minutes into the third quarter. <laughs> Less than five. And uh, the Steelers looked absolutely awful outside of TJ Watt. Because, let's be honest, he's TJ Watt. That man is scary. But I am very happy to see the Steelers lose in such a fashion. Uh, they're now going to have a crappy draft pick. And uh, their front office is completely incompetent. So they are not going to have a good quarterback to replace their currently not good quarterback. And TJ Watt was out there saying, Ben never officially told the Steelers he was retiring. If he comes back next year... <laughs> If he comes back next year, the Steelers might not win a game. If he comes back next year, the Steelers might not win a game. I swear to God, if the Steelers draft Malik Willis, I'm not going to be happy. Like, I will be I will be happy for him that a Liberty player is going to the NFL and will probably have a decent career. But I don't want to hate Malik Willis. But that's talk for the draft. That's a few months away. Every game this weekend 
or most of them, all but two, were complete and utter blowouts. Why does the seventh team need to exist? The bottom two seeds in the AFC got destroyed. Heck, like the sixth seed in the NFC, they won, but the bottom two seeds in the AFC both got beat horribly. The sixth actually got beat worse than the seven. The sixth seed lost by 30. The Bills scored a touchdown every time they touched the ball. They had the Bills played literally a perfect game on offense. They didn't not score a touchdown until they started taking knees at the end of the game because they didn't want Josh Allen to get hurt. Which was also very funny. Because the Patriots fans, just in abject misery, was giving me life. Patriots fans have been torturing the rest of the NFL for decades to the point where I would cheer for the Steelers if they were playing the Patriots. Not anymore. God, that was a beautiful sight. I mean, the Patriots will forever be marked as villains now for those 20 years, and no one really likes Boston outside of Boston. But it's going to, like, this is going to be a fun few years of the Patriots just absolutely sucking. And then when Bill finally retires, they're going to be even worse. It's great. Like, Bill Belichick dragged this team kicking and screaming to the playoffs. Mac Jones isn't that good. The good quarterbacks in the NFL right now are Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Matt Stafford, and I'm going to say it, Lamar Jackson, Tom Brady. And Joe Burrow. Those are the truly good quarterbacks in the NFL right now. And don't come at me for that LeBron, the LeBron, Lamar Jackson take. He was injured for the last couple of weeks of the season. His offensive line was injured for most of the season, as were his two primary running backs. So, um, no, I will not take back this Lamar Jackson take. Besides, Matt Stafford just won his first playoff game this year against the Cardinals. He's been in the NFL for a long time. He's been in the NFL for what, nine years now? Maybe even more? Matt Stafford, how long has he been in the NFL? Uh, Matt Stafford has been in the NFL for 13 years now. He got drafted in 2009. He just won his first foot. He just won his first playoff game in 2022. Lamar won his first playoff game in year three. Get off his back. So yes, I will not take back my Lamar Jackson take. Now, is Josh Allen better than him? Yes. I will freely admit that Josh Allen is better than Lamar Jackson. That's plainly obvious considering what the bills just did to the Patriots. 
but I don't want to hear the Kyler Murray comparison ever again. The Cardinals scored 11 points. I know the Rams defense is good, but the Cardinals scored 11 points. The Cardinals should probably fire Cliff Kingsbury. Honestly, the Steelers should fire Mike Tomlin, but they're not going to. The Eagles, even Eagles fans admitted they were just frauds all year. They had a pillow soft schedule. They squeaked into the playoffs and they got blown out of the water by the reigning Super Bowl champions. The Eagles story is not that interesting. And to the other team from the NFC least who managed to weasel their way into the playoffs, I'm sorry, Cowboys fans. It is not the ref's fault you lost. Why did you run a quarterback draw play with time running down, no timeouts, down six? Why did you run a quarterback draw? Your coach is a moron. The fact that this man has a Super Bowl ring on his resume is a testament to the greatness of Aaron Rodgers and Clay Matthews and the rest of that Packers Super Bowl team. Like, that is the only reason Mike McCarthy has a Super Bowl ring. He got carried to a Super Bowl by a literal super team. Like, the Packers, are, we've said it, me and John have both said it on this show before. The Packers organization has been carried by Hall of Fame level talent for decades. Like, because think about it. In between Lombardi and Favre, they kind of sucked. But then they immediately went from Favre to Rodgers. They haven't sucked in that entire time, really. They've won a couple Super Bowls. Like, they've been to the playoffs many, many times in that stretch. They are an incompetent organization that has just been carried by greatness for most of their existence. Like, one of their original coaches has his name on the championship trophy. You have been carried by greatness, Packers. And, yes, that does apply to this year, too. LaFleur is a better coach than McCarthy. The Packers are still good, but your organization is a dumpster fire. It's just been covered by the insane amounts of talent you seem to be able to pull in. Despite playing in an open-air stadium in a small city that gets really freaking cold two weeks into football season. But the games this weekend, there's four of them. Obviously, because we're down to eight teams remaining. If I had to pick the two Saturday games, what I want to happen, ugh, the, that first Saturday game, I hate it. I don't want either team. I have to pick the Bengals here because I just hate Mike Vrabel with a burning passion. And I do actually like Joe Burrow. But after that, I want I like I want the Bengals to win this week. I want them to lose in the AFC Championship game. Like they I want them to lose in the AFC Championship game, no doubt in my mind. What I think will happen is I think no, I think the Bengals will win cuz the Titans defense sucks. The Titans defense is hot garbage and Mike Vrabel's not actually that good of a coach. 
So the Titans defense won't be able to take advantage of the Bengals' absolutely terrible O-line, and they're not going to be able to stop Jamar Chase. Like Joe drafting Jamar Chase to go with Joe Bur- to play with Joe Burrow is one of the best decisions the Bengals have ever made. Like if they can keep those two together and get Joe Burrow an actual O-line, I know that will cost a lot of money, but doing that will probably win them multiple Super Bowls. So bit of a toss up there, isn't it? The Packers Niners game. I want the Niners to win because I have made my love for George Kittle, both on this show and on Twitter. Very clear. The dude's a halo nerd. And he's got very good taste in wrestling. He's a fan of Halo and he's a fan of the Lucha Brothers. Like he does the Seto Miedo as a touchdown celebration and he's got Master Chief tattooed on the inside of his forearm. The dude is my people. Like, other than the fact that he's rich, muscular, and has a really hot wife, me and him are very similar people. Like as far as our interests go. And the Niners have always kind of been this, like, have always kind of been perceived as the West Coast Ravens, mostly because they signed a lot of old Ravens players and, you know, the whole Harbaugh brothers thing for a few years. Like, I developed this image in my mind of the Niners as the Ravens of the West Coast. Even though it's not entirely true anymore, George Kittle's still one of my favorite non-Ravens. So I'm pulling for the 49ers. I want them to win. I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if they won, but I think the Packers are going to win. I think the Packers win that game, but it's close because it's the Packers in the playoffs and they can never, and they can never make it easy for their fans. The Sunday games, the Rams bucks is going to be incredible. Rams bucks is going to be an absolutely incredible game because that's, Essentially a rematch of Sean McVay and Tom Brady. It's not a full rematch, but it's a rematch of Sean McVay and Tom Brady, which is enough to pique my interest. And despite Matt Patricia's best efforts, Matt Stafford and Tom Brady are two very different players, two very different quarterbacks. So I'm, I'm curious to see what Matt Stafford can do against Tom Brady, even though I know they don't go head-to-head because they're both quarterbacks. I'm curious to see what Matt Stafford would do in a game against Tom Brady where he's allowed to play like Matt Stafford instead of trying to be forced to play like Tom Brady, which he's not. Their, Their play styles are completely different. Same thing for Bills versus Chiefs. That's going to be nuts because... The first, the beginning of that Chiefs-Steelers game showed the weaknesses of the Chiefs. The Steelers were not good enough to exploit them other than that one really good TJ Watt play. That was the one time the Steelers were able to exploit the weaknesses of the Chiefs. Is Patrick Mahomes just trying to play hero ball and never making play, never making change, reading the defense and making changes at the line of scrimmage. Because Josh Allen does know how to do that, and he's very good at it. So I think the Chiefs are only favored by two and a half. That is effectively a pick I think the Bills win that game. I think the Bills go into Arrowhead and they win that game. And I think they win it by double digits. 
Now, double digits could mean 10. Because that is what I think their margin of victory will be. I think they win by 10. Like, they're up three, and then they score a late touchdown to seal it. Like, they, they do something crazy on defense. They give Josh Allen really good field position, and he scores a late touchdown to seal the victory for the Bills. I could absolutely see that happening. It's not going to be as cold in Kansas City as it was in Buffalo over the weekend. Like, think about that. It was a wind chill of negative seven in Buffalo by the end of that game. And the Bills still hung 47 on the Patriots on a top five defense with five passing touchdowns from Josh Allen in the freezing cold. There is a wind chill of negative seven degrees and he was still throwing the ball and his receivers were catching it. You know how hard a football is when it's that freaking cold out? That's not easy to do. Like, go back and watch the footage of that game. Their breath, it was so cold, their breath was extending above their helmets. Like, that's how far out you could see it. Because it was just that cold in the air. So, yeah, I think the Bills win that game. I think they win it by 10. And I, I think I think the Buccaneers do beat the Rams. I don't want them to. I, I want something different. I want Rams Bills because for the Super Bowl because I feel that feel like that would be the most entertaining Super Bowl possible with this combination of teams remaining. Because, you know, the Chargers didn't make the playoffs. And the Chargers probably still would have lost to the Chiefs, but they would have stood a better chance than the Steelers. I wouldn't have been pulling for the Chiefs in that game. I would have been pulling for the Chargers. But, well, actually, the Chargers could have been the sixth seed. The Chargers absolutely could have beaten the Bengals. They have a good enough defense to do that. But that is an alternate timeline that we don't live in. Much better timeline because the Steelers wouldn't have made the playoffs. But, yeah, I, I'd have to say Bengals... My brain predictions, Bengals, Packers, Bucks, Bills, is my brain predictions. My heart predictions aren't much different. My heart predictions is Bengals, Bengals Niners, Rams, Bills. Huh, that's weird. The, uh, the, the AFC games are the same in my head and my heart predictions. It's the, it's the two NFC games that flip. But head predictions is Bengals, Packers, Bucks, Bills. But uh, that's what I got for uh, the NFL. Up next, we'll uh, get into the Call of Duty League. They've got some stuff going on. We'll get into that up next here on the mashup. All right, let's get into the CDL. Kickoff Classic is this weekend. It's going to be on land. It's going to be in Texas, so it's going to be a real land, not some muted California land. Yes, I'm taking shots at California. I don't care anymore. So it's going to be a real land in Texas because Texas doesn't give a crap, and I love them for that. And let's just be honest. Um, 
until today, I did not realize Control was even in Vanguard. I wrote it on the rundown in all caps, and Control still isn't in the game. And I was like, I want to make sure that's right. So I booted up Vanguard for the first time in two months. And uh, I saw Control is, in fact, in the game. So we will have a third game mode. Thank God. But, uh, yeah. We have a we have a third game mode, which good. That's a very good thing. We we can actually play real CDL matches this weekend. But I gotta be honest. I'm interested in exactly two of these first round matches. LAG versus Florida Mutineers, because Mutineers changed a little bit of their roster, but like they're still gonna be good. They're, they're still going to be good, let's be honest. Like, Yeah, they still have Big Wake. They picked up Vivid, and they have Skies. The man who chose to invest in his game. Like, that's still a really good team. I don't... Uh, Devpade? Uh, De- Devpade and Yeez, I don't know anything about them. I will be honest. But I know Skies, I know Vivid, and I know Awakening are all really are all reasonably good players. And then this new look, this new look LAG roster is significantly better than last year's. Like LAG was a mess for a long time last year. Like they were terrible. And like they this is a brand new team. This is literally a brand new team. Cause look at the roster on the website. Every guy is wearing a different team's jersey. Asim's still wearing NYSL. Gunless is still wearing Seattle. And Hook and Slasher are still wearing LA Thieves. Like they don't have head sh- none of them have headshots wearing purple and black. So this is a completely new team. And these are four really good players. Like, Slasher and Hook obviously get along. They're the only... It seems like Slasher is the only guy from LAT that Hook actually liked playing with, given some of the reports and everything that came out. And, you know, the fact that they let both of them... Like, the two of them weren't really playing with LAT that much towards the end of uh, last season. Hook wasn't playing with them at all. And, like... They replaced Slasher for just the better version of him with, uh, with, with Octane. Like, Octane is literally just a better Slasher. Let's be honest with ourselves here. But this is still a good team. This is way better than they were last year. So that, that LAG versus Florida matchup should actually be somewhat entertaining. And, like, London versus Seattle. That's two absolutely god-awful teams. That's two truly awful teams because they didn't get much better from last year. Seattle probably got worse because their two best players are now playing in LA. Yeah, London is Afro, Nasty, Gizmo, and Zero. Doesn't inspire a whole lot of confidence. Seattle is... Okay, accuracy and Mac, maybe. But 
accuracy was not the hero of Minnesota Rocker last year. And then Pred and Sib, I know nothing about them. Like, this is a this is still a downgrade because last year they had Octane. And Octane was the architect of them beating Atlanta. Octane and Gunless, really, were the key pieces of them beating Atlanta last year at at the uh, at the last major, which was the best event of the CDL last season. Champs kind of sucked. And we all know this because we all just knew Atlanta was going to win the thing. The one that doesn't, the other one that doesn't intrigue me, New York and Boston. Because this is, again, a brand new, this is basically a new New York roster. The only guy coming back from last year is Clay and Hydra. They still have Clay and Hydra, which IGL, best player. And then you add one of the best players of all time in Krim and one of the best young guys in Neptune, you've got a pretty good team. I kind of project these guys to finish in the top four at the end of the season. Probably both in standings and at champs. That's just... That's just my thought at the moment. Boston's roster is interesting because Capsidal and Nero, again, I know nothing about these guys. These guys are newbies to the scene entirely. But Methods and TJ Haley are good. TJ Haley's not the best, but he's good enough. And Methods was part of Toronto last year. So he knows he knows how to win. And honestly, Boston Breach's logo is pretty badass. It's the it's the the minimalist B with the big X on it. It's like put put breaching charge here. Like that's really cool. Don't get me wrong. I I do like this branding. I don't know how good this team's gonna be, but their first match is against New York. Clearly, the CDL did this on purpose. Because they want to foster a New York versus Boston rivalry. And you know it's going to happen. Because there are going to be people from Boston and New York who make the trip down to Dallas to go watch this. And they're going to cheer for Boston and New York. And it's going to get ugly. And what is it? Major. One of the majors is in New York. I think I want to say. I want to say three. Because I. Yeah, no, no, it's four. The last major is in New York. So uh, thankfully, now that the format has changed, because Boston is probably not going to be very good this year, we might get Boston versus New York in New York. That is going to be awesome. And I am very excited for that because I might be there. I don't know yet. Haven't locked that in, but I might be there for that one. You know, in July. six. I have six and a half months to plan this one. The one I'm already locked into is Orlando in September. That one I am doing. 
if going to New York for the CDL major means I can't go to HCS Orlando in September, I'm not going to major number four. But that is, again, down the road. Like, Paris Legion versus LA Thieves. Paris, again, got worse. Paris's new roster also sucks. Much like last year, because they do not like spending money. Like, do they even have a team shop? No. They have the Mitchell and Ness hats. That's it. That that's that's all they've got. Let, let's just let's just go to Optic Texas. Cause they probably already have their merch live. Let's just see. Yeah, Optic Chicago. They they already have their merch out. And um the jerseys and hoodies are already sold out. <laughs> because one, their jersey looks really freaking cool this year. Because it's got, like, the four stars across the chest. Great look. Oh, wait. That's Optic Chicago. So they don't have... That's that's last year's jersey. But they still have their merch store. It is, in fact, live. It's still under the Optic Chicago name. But they still have merch. That wasn't fair. Let's check... Let's check Minnesota. Because I'm almost positive their, their merch link is still... Their merch link still works. Yes! Their merch link still works. They still have last year's jerseys and hoodies available for sale. Along with a couple a couple of really cool looking t-shirts, hoodies, and uh and a snapback. Like they have some good stuff. That's thanks, V1. You guys are cool. <laughs> but yeah, Paris does not have a real shop. They haven't put any money into making merch and Decimate Philo Temp and this guy John. Real creative with your gamer tag there, John. He uh doesn't have a headshot. And yeah, this Philo, the worst guy from Dallas Empire. Temp. The guy who's bounced around more teams in the CDL than seasons the CDL has existed. Decimate. Same thing. <laughs> This team does not like spending money. They just exist. I They didn't even re-up their copyright on their own name and logo. Why does this team still exist? Sell them to Philadelphia. Please. Or Baltimore. Sell them to the Ravens. Just give me a... Yes, yes. Give me another black and purple team in the CDL. I don't care. If they're Baltimore, I would wear those colors so proudly. But that's, that is, again, a separate rant. But Paris is going to get stomped by the much improved LA Thieves. Because, like, LA Thieves got a lot better with, you know, Envoy replacing Slot. Envoy replacing, um, well, Envoy and Octane replacing Slasher and Hook. Like, that is a massive improvement. LAT are top five at worst this year. 
because I think right now top four, top four is probably going to be Atlanta Optic, Atlanta Optic, New York. Mm. And it's a toss up between Minnesota and Thieves. And then Toronto. That, like, that's my top six is Atlanta Optic, New York, LA Thieves, Toronto Ultra, Minnesota Rocker. That's my top six. That top six could change, but that is pretty firmly my top six. Unless Minnesota just end up absolutely sucking this year. But you can never count these guys out. These guys have been considered dark horses in every season of the CDL so far. There have only been two, but they're still in that same boat this year because it's basically the same roster. It's most of the good players anyway. Like, they still have Standy. That's all you need. Like, they still have Priesta and Major Maniac, and they still have Standy. And they have Attach. That's all they need. That's a good team. They're still going to be Dark Horses, and you can't gout them out of any single tournament they are playing in. But, like... The second round, NYSL versus Minnesota, because let's be honest, NYSL is probably beating Boston. NYSL versus Minnesota is going to be really good. Florida versus Toronto could be. And LA Thieves versus Optic, that's obviously going to be good because think about it. That is Optic and Envy now merged into one org playing against 100 Thieves. Optic and Envy used to be some of the biggest rivals in esports. Optic and Phase were bigger, obviously. But 100 Thieves are effectively a spinoff of Optic. When Optic was going down the shitter, Nadeshot left and started his own org that was founded in every way the spirit of Optic, just with different colors. So now, a good LA Thieves team gets to go up against a good optic team that is actually based in Texas, where most of their fans are from anyway. After they, they're, they're going to 3-0 Legion. Let's be honest. They're, they're going to 3-0 Legion. And those three maps are not going to be close. Like it's going to be, it's going to be probably 250 to 110. If Paris is lucky. Uh, 6-1 on search. And 3-0 on control. That match against Optic will actually be good, though. But FaZe just gets it so easy. They don't face a real challenge until semis. Now, that real challenge is probably going to be subliners. It could be Rocker. I would love it to be Rocker, because I think Rocker could actually surprise them and beat them. But this bracket was clearly set up to have Optic versus FaZe in the finals. Like, look at the bracket and see that FaZe and Optic are at complete opposite ends and would not play each other until finals, if they play each other at all. That is clearly what this bracket was set up to do. It's probably what's going to happen because, like, if Optic beat LA Thieves, this version of LA Thieves are better than Ultra and Mutineers and LAG. They are. So if Optic beat LA Thieves, they could beat any of those three teams. And then they probably get phase in the finals because 
phase is capable of beating rocker or Minnesota. If they lose, if they lose to Seattle again, especially this significantly worse Seattle than last year's, which that's not happening. Seattle's not that good. They're, they're not going to upset phase in their second game. They might not even beat London. Like them upsetting phase was a miracle performed by gunless and octane. That is a true fact. Like phase is probably going to win this whole thing. They're probably going to win it against optic, but it's that final series is going to go the distance. So it's still going to be epic and it's going to be on land. Optic will be in the finals. So the crowd will be rocking. Like that's going to be a good time, but I've complimented the CDL. Now I have to talk shit about the CDL because I got to call them out on this. They still haven't offered Maven and Merck contracts for the 2022 season, which again, as at the time of recording starts in three days. Why? It's Maven and Merck. The voices of COD Esports the last few years. I went Boston there because I I kind of stopped saying Call of Duty and went to say COD and it came out sounding very Boston. But anyway, like Maven is the voice of the Rocker Resurrection. He was on the call for that and he did a very good job. Why are you not bringing him back? Miles hasn't said anything directly about coming back. I mean, he's been tweeting. He's been retweeting Cod League tweets. He still has Cod League broadcaster in his Twitter bio. But that tweet of him just doing the, the, um, Bobby from, uh, Bobby from King of the Hill doing the meditating gif, like right around the same time Maven was talking about not having a contract for this year. Same with Merck. So I assume Miles and Chance are going to be there this weekend. I hope to God they're there this weekend. Because that just leaves us, with, leaves us with Nameless and Study. And Study got better over the course of last year. But let's be honest here. Nameless sucks. Nameless sucks on both commentary and the desk. Like his, the sound of his voice is okay. But his technique is trash. Like. If the CDL is just stuck with Nameless and Study, they better go to Uber, Mr. X, Golden Boy, any other good caster they can find that's not under a non-compete contract and get on their knees and beg them to help. Because Miles can't do it all. Miles is great. And, like, I would I would consider him an acquaintance. Like, I'm not friends with the guy, but I've met him over the internet. And had conversations with him, mostly about the games we're currently playing. But, like, he seems like a good guy. I want, I want, if I go to the major in New York, I want to make it a point to actually meet him in person. But, how can you not bring Maven back? When your fans openly complain about how bad Nameless and Study are, why do you get rid of the casters that are pretty much universally liked by the entire fan base? I know Miles and Chance are pretty much universally liked too, but you can't have just one good casting duo for the entire CDL. Like, you need to have someone who is the second tier team. 
like, heck, Miles and Chance are going to be the number one team this year. That They're going to be the number one casting duo this year. That's a good thing for them. And they deserve that opportunity. But it really should be Miles and Chance and Maven and Merc are 1A and 1B. They should be interchangeable in terms of the quality of games you put them on because they are equal in skill, just different in style. They should be 1A and 1B. Not Miles does everything because you refuse to pay Maven what he's worth. And honestly, Miles might be out of there next year. Like, he's openly said he wants to do some HCS events. He he started in Halo. The guy absolutely loves Halo. He's friends with Golden Boy. He's friends with Lottie. She's off to do HCS stuff too. And she's literally engaged to Snakebite, so it kind of makes sense for her to go off and do Halo stuff instead. Because, you know, they can travel to events together. So that makes sense. And I know my I know Miles wants to do Halo events. He's openly talked about this. But if if you can't keep Maven, the CDL is in trouble. Hopefully next year when Microsoft takes over and they're also running the CDL, they bring Maven back and give the guy the contract he deserves, same with Merc. And when it's all one company, they can also do Halo stuff. Because it's all one company. Actually, that is like the best thing to happen for the guys who are Halo and Codcasters because now it's all one company. Or next year, it'll be all one company. And you can just bounce back and forth between doing CDL, HCS, and OWL. If, like, well, like, Uber could do that. Uber and Mr. X could do that. I think they could bounce between Overwatch, Cod, and Halo. Because I know Uber has done other games. I don't know if uh, some of the other Cod guys or Halo guys have also done Overwatch. I know Golden Boy did. But that would be cool. Have it Do, do like that ESPN thing where they have uh, college analysts do the NBA game. And they have NBA analysts do the college game. Do that. Have uh, pair, miles with, uh, pair miles with Mr. X and Uber with Chance, and have them do an Overwatch game. Or no, have Uber and Chance do a COD game, and Miles and Mr. X do an Overwatch game. That would be so much fun. <laughs> or have, like, have like Miles and Puckett do a Halo game. Heck, Miles and Puckett reuniting would be a great thing, because I'm sure they've worked together before. Like, Miles and Puckett would be an awesome casting duo. Actually, they're both play-by-play. So are, so is Golden Boy. But you you get the idea. Have some fun with it. Just, hey, add, add this to the list of cool things that Microsoft and ActaBlitz could do together once they officially merge next year. But that's what I got for the CDL. What do you guys think? What do you guys think about uh, everything? The ActaBlitz-Microsoft merger. What this means for Sony. I didn't really get into that, but that's... Another discussion. Nintendo's kind of doing their own thing, so I don't think it affects them too much. This is more this is more a two-horse race between Microsoft and Sony. I didn't really get too much into that, but what do you guys think about that? Anything else to talk about on the show? The NFL playoffs, kickoff classic this weekend, HCS stuff coming up. Let me know on Twitter at RealPatterson50. And uh yeah, gonna be uh 
talking a lot more about this on on the stream too, because uh, I'm I'm gonna be playing a lot of Halo this week, just because I want to play the Cyber Showdown event because it looks really cool. But uh, yeah, come by the stream. Link for that will uh, also be in the show description. But uh, yeah, hope y'all enjoy the show. Hope y'all enjoy the rest of your week. And uh, talk to you guys next Wednesday. See you then. <laughs>